Today, the classified document leaker has been arrested by the FBI. Reports suggest Mitch McConnell retirement is imminent and Bud Light executives claim they had no idea about the Dylan Mulvaney partnership. We've got all of that and more coming up and it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, and the man who allegedly leaked hundreds of classified United States military documents was arrested by the FBI earlier this afternoon. Now, here's what we know. His name is Jack Teixeira. He is a 21-year-old U.S. Air National Guardsman from Massachusetts who was stationed at Fort Bragg. He also ran a private Discord server called Thug Shaker Central, which had about 20 to 30 members, most of which who were young men and teenagers who shared a love of guns, memes, and video games, according to the Washington Post. So make of that what you will. The documents that Teixeira leaked to the server ranged from whereabouts of high-ranking political leaders to tactical updates on mil military forces and sensitive materials relating to the Ukraine war. It also contained geopolitical analysis, exposed the U.S. spying on its allies, and documented insight to foreign government efforts to interfere with elections. Attorney General Merrick Garland held a very brief press conference this afternoon confirming the arrest. Watch. Today, the Justice Department arrested Jack Douglas Teixeira in connection with an investigation into alleged unauthorized removal, retention, and transmission of classified national defense information. Teixeira is an employee of the United States Air Force National Guard. FBI agents took Teixeira into custody earlier this afternoon without incident. He will have an initial appearance at the U.S. District Court for the District of Massachusetts. I want to thank the FBI, Justice Department prosecutors, and our colleagues at the Department of Defense for their diligent work on this case. This investigation is ongoing. We will share more information at the appropriate time. Thanks, everyone. Now, while I acknowledge that the Biden regime clearly clearly has no regard for classified documents themselves. I mean, the president himself stores his own classified documents in his garage right next to his fancy Corvette that his crackhead son loves to take for a spin. One still has to wonder how a 21-year-old Air National Guardsman had access to documents on Ukraine war plans and classified material in the first place. And why is the same media organization whose slogan is democracy dies in the darkness hell-bent on exposing those who expose the corruption and rot and secrets of the federal government rather than you know, report on the corruption and rot and secrets within the federal government. Well, I guess in that case, they would be biting the hand that feeds them. Here to discuss this and more, we have Matthew Marsden, actor and producer extraordinaire. We have her first time on the show, Libby Emmons, editor-in-chief of The Post Millennial and also Human Events. Happy to have you here, so much, Libby. Sarah. And uh, we have Matt Peterson, who I think we're just going to refer to as Peterson from now on this show, <laughs> founder of The American Mind. We've got Peterson, Peterson and Marsden. See, I still messed it up. I just looked at you and said Peterson. It's confusing. I'm going to mess it up today. It feels like uh, frat house advertising. It's great. You know, <laughs> Peterson, Marston, hanging out. You know. No, I think it's more like like Madonna. Like you've made it when they just call you by one name. Right. So, right. come yes. on. Um, so it's just, it's really fascinating to watch all of this play out. And I mean, hopefully we get more details of like 
how this 21-year-old kid was able to gain access, obtain access to these documents. I realize it's at Fort Bragg. Um, I know what the Special Forces is also headquartered there. But it's not like you're just <laughs> walking all around all the whole building with access to every place that, that's in the building. I mean, <laughs> there are very strict security measures. And this guy ends up with all of this. I mean, how does that happen? Well, yeah. it would be, be interesting to see the, the paper trail because as, as we know from my, my friend that was here before, yes. like a few weeks ago, he told us there's absolutely a way of tracking, uh, which there should be, of course. I mean, if you've got classified documents, then you should have a way of tracking them, you'd, you'd hope. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a little bit concerning that someone, with all due respect to people in his position, are so low on the totem pole that they have access to such sensitive information. I mean, that is... That is just a disaster for national security, I think. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see like how far they push this or whether this is, you know, he's just like a, a patsy and they'll just go, well, he's the guy, he, he went out and leaked it. But we need to know. I mean, th th either way, whichever, whichever way you want to look at this, this is a disaster for the administration. I mean, it's horrible. And it's confusing as to why he would leak it too. I mean, if you look at the Washington Post story, it seems like he leaked it just to be a big man. You know, just mm -hmm. to be like uh, the king of the misfits on yeah, this Discord friends, server, yeah. um, which, you know, you can see how you would do something like that. But this is pretty serious stuff. And I do think it's also um, it's when we see the what's been exposed about what's going on in Ukraine, that's even a little bit terrifying on top of everything else. Mm -hmm. um, the amount of casualties on the Ukrainian side, um, the lesser casualties on the Russian side. And every couple of days you log onto Twitter and you see something like, you know, Russia is losing the war is trending. And, you're, and then you look at these documents or, you know, what's been reported on them and it doesn't look that way at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm here to say, I actually know what happened. Um, the CIA leaked it on purpose and is using this guy as a stooge. Why are they doing that? Um, no, actually, I don't know that okay. at all. I just made it up. Okay. But, but it could be that. It could be anything at this point right. because I'm yeah. done trusting exactly. this regime. Exactly. And it, whatever's happening is extremely curious. Mm -hmm. um, and it's either a disaster of a kind of clown show, uh, you know, government that's bureaucratic and has all kinds of leaks and holes, or there's something uh, more complicated going on. But I think the problem is at this point, I mean, who among us trusts at all right. anything that uh, they're telling us? Right. And one of the things that really concerns me is the way in which people are sort of saying, well, uh, you know, you, you, it said this. There's a great guy, I mean, really nice guy. He, he said uh, in a tweet, well, I'm upset because how did the journalists know before the FBI? Who's to say who knows in the shadow world we live in? And what we do know is that the New York Times and the Washington Post certainly work arm in arm with people in multiple agencies that now have the most advanced digital apparatus in the world. And are they messy, disorganized, and fighting each other? Yes. Uh, could it just be a severe bureaucratic blunder? Yes. Uh, maybe a combination of all of the above. I don't know. But the sad thing is we're now at a point where I think a lot of us think we'll never know mm -hmm. when this kind of stuff happens what really happened. Yeah. It's almost exactly like we right. just need to get them out of office as quickly as possible. <laughs> well, the, almost like we just drain the swamp. Yeah. One of the other things is, is when they move that quickly, yeah. I'm always like, hmm, you don't seem to move quickly on virtually anything else right. of any importance, right. of any real importance. Yeah. So, well, we still don't have the, uh, the leaker of the uh, SCOTUS, the SCOTUS leaker, right? right? They had this big, long investigation. The inspector general went and they're like, oh, Mm, 
Mm. We still can't figure out who it is. Right. They're never going to release that manifesto either. For right. Nashville. Nashville. Shooter. Yeah. Right. So it's like. We're just all going to forget about it pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And then they're just going to never release it. Yeah. Well, it's shiny object. Yeah. Right. Shiny object. Let's look at this. Trump, I mean, Patricia James. It, it, yeah. We are at the point where, like, as Matt said, like, or as Peterson said, <laughs> uh, that we just don't know. We just don't know anymore. We, we, you know, everyone's questioning everything. And it's, you know, I kind of liked it when you would expect certainly the alphabet agencies to a degree or the police to, you could trust them mm-hmm. remotely. Mm-hmm. And now it's just like, I just don't. Well, I wonder, I've been wondering about that as well, because I had a similar perspective. Oh, it used to be that we could trust these agencies. And I think that the fact of the matter is we never could trust the we agencies. We never should have been. We just probably trusted our media more because you had guys out there, you know, like Walter Cronkite with the helmet haircut looking perfect and serious telling us the truth, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and we just believed it because we all shared, um, we all watched the same nightly news broadcasts. And as that has fractured and the political landscape mm-hmm. has fractured and the culture has fractured, I think that the cracks are showing mm-hmm. and these, none of these agencies were ever trustworthy. Mm-hmm. What was the thing? I, I forget what it was, but it was like a, this intelligence guy was saying how they would specifically infiltrate media with stories that they wanted, that the administrations wanted to get out there. Um, it was an operation, right? Was it yeah, Mockingbird? Like, nutmeg? I don't know. It was something like that. <laughs> it was something. One of those covert, really corrupt things that they did. The guy, I get all I the operations the mixed up. But yeah, so then I wonder, like, I think we, as a, as a country, believed in these organizations, and mm-hmm. we probably never should have. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, I, so I want to just... One tidbit here, because we had the conversation off air about, you mentioned him briefly, uh, a connection that you have, Mm -hmm. who previously worked within very high levels Mm -hmm. of, you know, dealing with classified documents. And I just want to give, like, the exact context for what you were referring to earlier. They would have a, they would get an alert Anytime the document was accessed, yeah. right? So the government should have been getting an alert anytime the document was accessed. Mm-hmm. Plus, there should be some sort of a digital. Uh, what was it? It's a digital record of it. A so, digital, so, right? So they know, like that a they, receipt that they. Yeah. So why did it take this long? Why did uh, you know the uh, Washington Post seemingly? track down the leaker before the FBI did, like none of these things make any sense because once you see that it's leaked, that should be immediately known who it is. They should know, well, number one, yeah, I mean, they should have a short list of people that actually downloaded that. Right. And if they don't have a short list of that, that means it's being disseminated amongst more people or they, they don't have any kind of control on the flow of information, which is, I mean, you don't, I mean, imagine if you're like, if we're meant to be going to war with China or Russia, mm-hmm. they don't have to hack, they don't have to do anything right. It appears that, it appears that, we have no apparatus to stop them from coming and getting this. I mean, this is really serious information yeah. that they should not have got out. And it makes you think, like, what else is out there that, you know, it hasn't taken some knuckle-headed kid that was really trying to, like, big up in front of his friends. Like, what has got out there that we don't know about that is more important? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and part of the leak, too, is it said that the administration is planning for a much longer engagement in Ukraine 
which of course we knew, right. but there it is, right. plain as day. Right, well, they, I know they keep telling us, we're, we're in it till the end, and we're like, oh boy. And they don't even tell you what the end looks like. No. What is the goal? What is the goal? What is the end goal? It's not regime change, they tell us, but like then it turns out that they're actually planning for what happens if Putin gets killed, mm-hmm. if there's rocket strikes on the Kremlin. They're planning for that. Yeah. So. It, I know. It's, are they going to instigate that as well? Yeah. Like, what are they doing? I mean, yes. <laughs> De- definitely, this yes. This is the same crew that uh, can't shoot down a balloon. I mean, right, so, right. You know, and won't. Right. Um, Not only can't, so, but right. won't. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. we got to let that balloon go. We don't want to. But they shot down the hobbyist balloon. Remember that one? <laughs> like five <laughs> oh, minutes later? Yeah. They'll, they'll shoot a drone and kill Let's a vi- village of people. No big deal. It's just <laughs> casualties. But we, you know, we can't. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I, I think um, one thing that does, we should just put it out there, um, that does rub me the wrong way is the stereotypical way in which this chat was described. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like, oh, yep. the bad chat that a bunch of guys got on yep. during the pandemic. And then yep. they started to talk about things. And a lot of times that goes to right-leaning views and, oh, here's the young, you know, right-leaning idiot who's mm-hmm. trying to talk tough. And I mean, it just, it was so yeah. cookie cutter. It really disturbed me. Not to say that that means that anything at all, but that does bother me now when we're in an environment where they lie all the time about everything that's going on. And this, notice this, there's a theme here with the documents, right? They're really mm-hmm. playing with it's official documents and you have these official documents and it's a it's a it's a really interesting kind of meme that's being used to um, to push all kinds of I think more, more scary stuff you know scary, scary stuff mm. and in this case I mean the takeaway will be uh, uh, pro Ukraine quasi intelligence apparatus helps the Washington Post to find the bad guy and lo and behold as we're on this open-ended war against Ukraine uh, we have these right-leaning people leaking state secrets within you know the United States and we need to crack down on them I mean let's write the script right yeah no kidding I know so like if he loved guns and memes he definitely was already on an FBI watch list (laughs) so they should have known that this was happening Um, all right we got to take a quick break we'll be back with more but we want to thank Tommy John, uh, so uh, they're going, they're celebrating their 15th year, all right? And the traditional anniversary for 15 years is Crystal. So for Tommy John's 15th year, they're making it crystal clear to be unbelievably comfortable every single day. Now, here at this program, um, people, I don't know, they always tell me, they call me dramatic. They say I'm a drama queen. They think, I don't know why they would think that, okay? But they call me that. And so, but I'm telling you, I've had many people on this program who have agreed with me. I'm not being dramatic about how comfortable Tommy John really is. Do you know? Mm-hmm. I do, actually. It's true. It is absolutely true. I was like, I heard other people talk it's, about it, and I'm like, true. shut <laughs> up. It's not that soft. And then I got some, no, and I was like, true. holy crap, it really is. Like, yeah, it is the true. most comfortable, comfortable. They've got underwear for men, of course, but they've got they've got stuff for women, too. They've got underwear. They've got bras. They've got loungewear. Um, they've got it all. You guys really have to try them. They've also got a best pair you'll ever wear, or it's free guarantee. You can get 20% off your first order right now over at TommyJohn.com slash Y. That's 20% off right now over at TommyJohn.com. Dot com slash why. Those of you who are watching on Blaze TV, thank you for being a subscriber. To those of you who are watching on YouTube, we would like it if you would just, uh, you know, gently tap. 
You've been on Tim Pool. I know they say smash the like button. We don't. We just prefer a gentle tapping here at the News and Why It Matters. You can just gently tap the like button, uh, subscribe to the channel, and uh, comment. Let us know what you think of the news of the day. What do you think? What's going on with the leaker? Why is this so weird? Let us know what you think in the comments. Um, I want to get to these uh, breaking reports that the Republicans in the Senate are scrambling to come up with a new game plan because uh, a Mitch McConnell retirement announcement is imminent. Now, uh, what we have heard, this is just reporting, obviously he's not confirmed it, but he actually had a pretty bad fall last month that he ended up with a severe concussion and potential serious brain damage. And uh, he had a rib fracture as well. Since then, he has been in and out of the hospital and rehab. And so uh, sources are saying that he is going to announce immediate retirement, not like, hey, I'm going to retire at the end of my term, but immediate retirement. And uh, now there is multiple sources are confirming that John Barrasso of Wyoming, John Cornyn, John Cornyn of Texas and uh, John Thune of South Dakota are actively reaching out to fellow Republican senators in efforts to prepare for an anticipated leadership vote, which, gosh, I don't think I want any of them as uh, the leader because this would be the moment, right? This would be the chance to have some sort of a, you know, a new uh, leader who is actually conservative, and I just, I just don't hold out hope that the GOP will do anything except blow that chance. Of course not. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're never, they're not going to do. It. I mean, uh, firstly, I want to say, like, it, whatever your thoughts about uh, Mitch McConnell, you hope that yes, he's going to be him well. okay. Yes, I wish him well. I wish him well. Wishes well, wish him well. But you know, I mean, if he's mentally impaired and physically impaired, then he should just become a Democrat and get elected another six times. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it actually, I know you're, well, I don't know if you're joking. I'm not joking. Yeah. I mean, come on. It does bother me that it's like Dianne Feinstein, Dianne Feinstein, she's, I don't know. 100 years old. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I like, going to say a million. Is it yeah. she's in the yeah. hospital? I she's like not with it. Accurate. We all know oh, yeah. she's not. And they still Fetterman are hanging is, on. Fetterman isn't out until the 17th. Yeah. He's still, I mean, the people of Pennsylvania are not being represented. Right now, right, because right. Fetterman is still in. Well, they're not anyway, even hospital. if he's okay. Sure, being... even so, <laughs> but they don't even have the illusion of representation right now. Okay. It's just frustrating. This has been going on for a while, and it's just we're finally paying the bills now. Mm. Um, you know, these people have been getting older and older and weirder and weirder. And what everyone has to understand is, I mean, senators for the most part are like this. I mean, God forgive me, but they are people who get elected, and then after two terms, they start to get weird. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, their skin turns orange, right? They start to they start to congeal in the same hairstyle they had in whatever the 1920s when they were elected, and <laughs> and 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 really, people like if you're, I, I think most of our audience is not sitting at home thinking these people are are very impressive. I mean, this is a position that causes you to become an airhead in not very long of a time. No one tells you no. You don't actually have to do much. And it really can be a very powerful, incredible, important position in American life, or it can be a, a house of clowns and losers. And that's what it is now. And now we have a bunch of geriatric people who are clawing for dear life. I mean, Feinstein, they don't, they don't talk about money, right? She's not there about money, and no one knows how much Richard has. I mean, mm. th this has been going on, corruption in plain sight, for decades. And so now it's just kind of like enjoy the clown show because this is what you've inherited, this is what we paid for, and that's what we're going to get. And with Mitch McConnell, I mean, yes, it, it, we wish him well. I, it, I, I think 
I don't even say it's Democrat. Republicans, too. Yeah. It should be a prerequisite to have brain damage to stay in the Senate after a certain point in time. Uh, so will it really change uh, things? Um, yes and no. I mean, it is a good sign, I think, in a way. I mean, it's terrible, uh, What again, what happened yeah. to him personally. But it is a good thing in a way where at least you can shake up leadership, right? Mm -hmm. There's an opening to shake up leadership. So for the sake of the Senate moving forward, um, you know, I know he's very, he's very adept at what he does, but at least opens the opens the cracks a little bit to, you know, <laughs> uh, not having a tyrannical <laughs> yeah. uh, government within our democracy, you know, yeah. in the Senate. But the problem is, of course, uh, most of the leadership is, is not exactly on the ball. And when you say words like Cornyn, I, I'm the same way. I can't say them without just get a little. <laughs> well, we used to have this. I was talking to Charlie Kirk recently about this, and he was, which told me something I didn't know, which is that it used to be that the state senates would appoint the U.S. senators. And that does seem like a system that would have a lot more accountability mm -hmm. to the voter because mm -hmm. the voter could hold not just their senator accountable, but would be able to hold their local state senator accountable. And it puts a lot more interaction between the voter and the senator in an odd way by putting that middleman in. Yeah, it's like they knew what they were doing back then. Right, who knows, <laughs> who knows? John Adams, really, that's yeah. smart? I don't know. So, in just, you know, obviously if he's stepping down in the middle of his, uh, in the middle of his term, his replacement will be named by the governor there who is a Democrat, and that person will serve until 2026 when McConnell would have been up for re-election. So, I mean, this is a big deal. And again, I, I don't even know. it. They're so corrupt and I'm so cynical now that I don't even know which I think is better. The Democrats for literally just pushing forth like brain dead people already. People like Dianne Feinstein, who's uh, 89 years old. Oh my goodness. She's 89 years old. By the way, Chuck Grassley, uh, 89 years old as well. Yep. Bernie Sanders, 81 years old. I mean, these people. Now, of course, Bernie Sanders, Chuck Grassley have their wits about them. But, I mean, the Democrats are very good at just, I don't even know if Joe Biden's alive and he's the president. So they're very good at propping these people up, using them as the, the, the puppets that they are supposed to be. Um, you know, go, just go there and just cast that vote and then go home. And I, I'm kind of like, I, I don't think Mitch McConnell is serving conservatives uh, very well, but you also almost have to admire the Democrats' dedication to the cause. Is that too cynical? I, I don't. I mean, I don't think so. I mean, and, and I want to give a little bit of due to the. I'll give the establishment a view on this, which I, I can just write uh, from memory. Right? We know what they're going to say. Yeah. Uh, which is that McConnell is enormous loss because of his strategic leadership because he was good at playing the game, which is absolutely true, right? right? He's a master of playing the game. And so they'll say, well, you may not agree with his policies, but we won't have that kind of maneuvering parliamentarian guy anymore. And I, I just think, like, okay, I guess, but I'm not sure what side Mitch McConnell was fighting for. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sick of the game. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, I, don't, I don't think the cynicism is, you know, cynicism is, is, is is fine because it's it's reality situation. I think the honesty of the Democrats is what I like. Yeah. Because it is no no he can be. I mean, for what they need Fetterman to do, it doesn't matter. He right. just needs to vote the right way. Yeah, it right. doesn't matter if he can and, understand and what exactly. people say to him. Exactly. No, and, 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 look, there's a certain exactly. amount of it. It might be controversial to say. There's a certain amount of it where. At the end of the day, like that's all I want too. I'd love right. Republicans who just vote the right way. Right. 
Just vote the right way. That's fine. I don't care where your brain is. I don't, I don't need you all to be a Lincoln. Just press the button uh, but vote the right way. And the problem is they are all together voting the, voting the right way. Well, because they're collectivists. Yeah. That's like part of their whole deal is being collectivists. They know how to be collectivists. Do you think that there should be age limits on yes. um, Senate and yes. House members? Yes, I do. And, so pres you and president. You shouldn't be 89. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like that it, that shouldn't be too much to ask for. Yeah, 89, 89 is a, is a you, lot. You, I mean, I also I remember my grandparents limits, so. at 89, yeah. and they couldn't drive their car yeah. or be president. Yeah, I mean, you lose. And they were smart people. Yeah, you yeah. lose things. Is there something, um, this is what drives me nuts about it, is there's something, uh, there may be some cases where it's neat, you need to hang on when you're in your late 80s to a job. But it, it also seems like aging with disgrace, right? Mm -hmm. You're not, like, isn't there other things you want right. to do as you get older? Like, yep. there's a certain naturalness to life where I can think of all kinds of things I might want to do, uh, you know, at that time that aren't just, just being retired. There's something about just holding on to that position to the end. And with Feinstein, we should say, the Democrats in California actually didn't want her to run. Right. But she had so much power, she was yep. like, Pfft. I'm going to run I'm anyway. Giving this well, up. Look at the I'm French. The French are protesting in the streets. They're setting everything on fire because mm -hmm. Macron wanted to raise the retirement age by two years. And they were like, no. What was it, like 60 to 62 or 60? Yeah. Wow. I think that's what it was. And they're right. like, no, we get our pension <laughs> right. and we get to spend the rest of our lives wow. doing whatever we please. They don't want these positions. Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> torching police cars God. because they want to retire sooner. Yeah. Wow, I wish I could do that. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, think what, I think what Matt said is really important is you look at like... Sorry, that's Peterson. Sorry, Peterson. Stop referring Peterson. to yourself in the third I know, person. I know. It's like what Matt said. And Matt, what Matt said is always right, yeah. Um, no, but, but there's, there's something about having dignity. And also, you think that they would run for the betterment of their country, not for the betterment of themselves. And, and, and what that means at some point is, don't you want to spend time with your grandkids and your kids? I mean, I get it. I mean... I'm one of those people that I'll probably work my entire life in one way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. But so did Churchill, so did the Founding Fathers, but they did other things. They went off and they contributed positively to society right. and to their legacy. And like you said, Matt, it, Peterson, it really is like they're hanging on. You know, like that, uh, I'm hanging on, that, that cat mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. That's what they're like. It's like they, the power defines them. Yeah. And that's just, a, I think that just shows that they're soulless individuals. Yeah. They should take a lesson from Washington who very intentionally did not run for a third term. Exactly. Yep, exactly. All right, let's, um, let's go ahead and take another quick break. We'll be back with more, but we want to thank our sponsor of this segment, Eden Pure. So they've got this thunderstorm air purifier that uh, it uses this oxy technology. It quickly destroys viruses, odors, mold, so much more. And I know this because I, I have a zoo at home. Um, I have two dogs, two cats, and a leopard gecko. But the stinkiest wow. member of my zoo is actually my prepubescent uh, son. He's 10, and boy, let me tell you, when he comes in from playing outside with his friends, I'm like, who let the garbage in? Oh my gosh, it stinks. But when I have, we got this thunderstorm air purifier, we got the three packs, so we've got them in multiple rooms of the house, and it really, really does work. It, it uses this uh, O3 molecules that actually, they intentionally go out and seek out the, to destroy all of these odors. Um, I really recommend, you can put them in the kitchen, put them, in, if you have cats, 
litter box room, put them wherever you need them, but you are going to be able to breathe really pure air. Right now, you can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack for whole home protection. You're going to get three units for under $200. Put them wherever you need them. And if you also have a zoo, you're going to thank me later. You can go to EdenPureDeals.com, put in discount code Sarah to save $200. That is EdenPureDeals.com, discount code Sarah. Following this Anheuser-Busch uh, Bud Light saga, which, boy, they are uh, finding out, well, they are F-A-F-O-ing. <laughs> if, if you know, you know. But um, so uh, apparently no one at the senior level of the company was aware of the partnership with Dylan Mulvaney. Uh, and the company is now pausing its marketing efforts and scrambling to implement a more robust process for evaluating future influencer partnerships. Um, it's fascinating because, uh, and by the way, I want to show a, a tweet from John, John Cardio, who I think this was a while back whenever this first came about. He said that Anheuser-Busch donated far more to GOP candidates than to Democrats and far more than Molson Coors. So looks like the Dylan Mulvaney campaign was not approved by senior execs. Heads should roll. That was his tweet on April 6th. Um, I look, I was having this conversation with my husband today and he said, I said, I sent him the story and he said, I don't buy it. I don't believe that. I don't believe it. I don't it. believe it either. You don't? Yeah. Okay. I think that, uh, what's her name? That VP yeah. who went out there and was like, oh, we wanted it to be less fratty and more trans. I think that, uh, I think she knew about it. Well, she did. Yeah, she did know about it. So, but she, what was but her, what she, was if her? she's a VP, is she really that low level? Somebody had to hire her. She's right? VP of marketing, I think. Mm -hmm. So that's a thing. Well, also, a the thing with, the thing with Mulvaney, and we cover Mulvaney a lot at the Post Millennial. We have covered <laughs> nearly every iteration of Mulvaney. You to have. The where Mia Ashton, you're, you're my who, go -to. yeah, she writes a lot of, she writes like all our, she's our gender writer, which. Oh no. I love that we do that. <laughs> but she's like, more Mulvaney, why, why? Anyways, uh, we've been covering this for a while. Representation matters. And if you're a guy who drinks Bud Light and you look at this, representation matters. You don't want to emulate this, this man, mm -hmm. this grown man mm -hmm. with jaw surgery who says normalize the bulge and then soaks in a bathtub drinking Bud Light. Like what man really wants that? In a bra, by the way. In a Nike soaking bra. In, so, soaking in the bathtub yes. in a bra. Yes. Drinking Bud Light. Yeah, a bra that he doesn't need. Right, right. Because exactly. he's a man and he has no breasts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and well, free the nipple was not made for the man. No, you guys can it. already do that. It's totally fine. <laughs> I'm, ju I'm just going to give you a little bit of like outside perspective, right? So when I was growing up in the UK, Budweiser was the American beer. Like we always mm -hmm. used to think like, oh, it's Bud, like you get Bud and that's really super cool. So this is not just in America. This is mm -hmm. gonna be a worldwide thing. Mm -hmm. And secondly, what is wrong with being drunk by frat boys? <laughs> I don't care. If I make beer, I don't give a damn who drinks it as long as they drink it. And what's wrong with frat boys? Because I had to tell you like, okay, we had a conversation about this. I was around at math. Peter sends the other day, and, and my, my sister-in-law was- At the frat house. At the yeah, frat house. Yeah, yeah. And my sister-in-law was over, and it was a really, it just this is a total segue, kind of different conversation, but she comes in, she goes, my sister-in-law is from Malta, and she goes, I've heard of this thing. 
I'd like to try it. It's called White Claw. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no laws. <laughs> and we were like, we can do that. We can make that happen for you. But my point is, is like, American culture just goes all over the world. And yeah. Budweiser is all over the world. And this is going to be devastating. And listen, it's not coming back. It's not the, 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 the company of the Clydesdales that bend down at the at the Twin Towers anymore. It, it's mm -hmm. that clown who is a dude, he's a performance artist. Which right? we knew, which you can see if mm -hmm. you scroll back in mm -hmm. his Instagram, mm -hmm. you can see him doing little videos with animals, mm -hmm. talking to animals and looking like a, like dressed up kind of like a little safari man. Yeah, here's, here's the problem uh, and it's really deep rooted and uh, just a cartoon picture, but that's kind of true about how um, this world works. There are large market research firms that get paid millions of dollars to of experts. I just saw an ex, uh, article today about the experts claim that woke stuff is actually good for business. So you, these corporations, here's what here's my problem. Whether or not the senior leadership is conservative, which they'll say like, oh, well, we actually vote Republican. That's fine. You don't do anything about this in your company. Yeah. You actually fund this crap because here, here's what you got. It's a triangle. On, on the front of the triangle, you got within the company, you got your VP marketing people who are coming from whatever, the liberal arts schools who are all insane. And you don't deal with that. You hire the same people from the elite schools. They're all nuts. And they take over your marketing. And then they go to the research firm. And the research firm says, we are very smart experts. And we have done a lot of surveys and done all this data. And here it is. And actually, it's good for you if you go woke. That's what they say. And you pay millions of dollars to let them say it. And then what happens? Then you put those two pieces together and you go to uh, the worst thing, like the woke advertising firms, and you start getting all these campaigns. And it's a little triumvirate. And so right now at the top, I do think these people bear responsibility. They need to take ownership of their companies because they are too cowardly to come out and say, you know what, I actually disagree with this. I am going to fire the people in charge of marketing and find people who are just as talented, who exist out there, by the way, with the same resumes, who are actually not lunatics. And I'm not going to give millions of dollars to an advertising agency that is totally on my side and is actually, you know, that's where the, the weird, that's where your, your pedo-Satanism comes in, right? I mean, it's just, that's like the most lib, uh, you know, part of the whole deal. And, and so, so until you have ownership or leadership that actually, you know, you're not gonna solve it. Another example is Disney. Are they going to sit down and say, well, no, we're firing all the woke people who cause these problems? No, no they're doubling they're down. Do they're yeah. having like more pride nights and stuff like yes. that at Disney World. Um, but the thing, when the advertisers, when the experts, when they say that it's good for business, yeah. what they mean is that it's good for your like corporate wokeness score, whatever exactly. they call that. Mm -hmm. And yeah. the corporate wokeness score is really important in order to get your you know, your stocks into a bunch of mutual funds, yes. especially now that Biden vetoed the anti-ESG rule. Mm -hmm. That's what, you know, Jess Kelly today, he was asking me the same question. I was like, well, why So it's propped up. I mean, it's totally yes. propped up and fake, yes. but it's still, I mean, money still flows. It's, it's like, you know, you go to the board and say, you know, well, aren't they accountable? No, they have to make money. You go to the board and the board is, you know, either some large conglomerate or whatever, and they're mm -hmm. like, this is great, you need to do this. Mm -hmm. Or it's like the woman at Disney, you know, someone who doesn't care for a 14-year-old has a hysterectomy. Right. I mean, so, so, so this is not, well, I guess what angers me the most, and I wish that, um, I don't know, you know, we need like a pressure campaign for this, is these guys who are kind of claiming they're Republican though, they still play off the brand, but they don't have the stones to actually say, we're just not gonna do this stuff at our company. Yeah. Uh, and that, 
that's a little, little again, a little should terrify you. Like, why is no one doing that? Why well, they is not still a have like a live and let live attitude mm-hmm. without any recognition that, you know, all of these really horrifying things have an impact on us and our culture, whether we speak out against, you know, when we don't speak out against them. Well, I would just say uh, it's another win for the patriarchy because, uh, like, Dylan Mulvaney has been taking over women's spaces for a very long time, and I don't, like, women don't do anything about it. Ulta, Kate Spade, Nike sports bras, all of this stuff. Women aren't doing anything about it. The the one time, the first time that he does something with Bud Light, men are like, nope, we're not doing it. We're not having it. They've lost uh, the the parent company, Anheuser-Busch. More than $6 billion in market cap in six days. So... But Great job, is, patriarchy. Good the job. The thing is, Sarah, that yes. no one listens to women. No. No one listens to women whether they're speaking out against, you know, goofballs in dresses who are drinking Bud Light in the bathtub yeah. or, you know, whether they're speaking out against abortion um, or anything else. I and mean, maybe it's that they feel like they don't like Bud Light. You have a billion other gross beers to, to drink. Ulta, Sephora, those places, I think maybe they don't they feel like they don't have an alternative. I think they just I think they're into it. Well, like, look at the thing with Lego yesterday. Did you see that viral mm-hmm. video with the Legos? And the guy was like, he started. why are you wearing this, this pride pin? And to be fair, it wasn't a pride pin. It was a progress pin because it mm. also had trans mm-hmm. and, like, uh, queer, marginalized people of color stripes yeah. as well. Um, and, of course, the trans flag was created by an autogynephiliac man who made his wife play with his fetishes as well. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, mm-hmm. this whole mess. Um, but so you're telling I was, me that they were perverted degenerates. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you're telling me. The guy who invented the yes. trans flag? Yes. yes. Yes, with the baby blue and the yes. baby, yeah. you know. Yeah. The baby I'm shocked. I would have never right? guessed. Mm-hmm. But it was a couple of weeks ago. I was in the Lego flagship store on Fifth Avenue in Manhattan with my son, and they had this massive pride display of all of these flags, all of these different flags. And so yesterday I was writing about that video, and I pulled up the photograph that I had taken of the pride display, and I started trying to figure out what all of the flags were. And one of them apparently is something called Maverick, which is neither male nor female nor non-binary. It's just your own personal expression and like all of this stuff. Mm. And where I found the definition for this was on the website for Volvo, the car company. Oh That's God. where I found this flag. Wow. So it has infiltrated everywhere. And it's yeah. been going on for so long that it's part of the core of all of these companies. Yeah. You know, their understanding, their the way that they impact the world. So Mulvaney is just finally like the, you know, the popped zit totally. of all of this marketing. Oh, God, the Lego thing pisses me off. I could go on about that, but we got to take a break. I want to remind you guys, if you haven't gotten tickets yet to go see Nefarious, it is coming out. It's it's out today. So, because the way movie releases work, it's out April 14th, which really means the day before, the evening before. Go get your tickets. It's made by the same people who made God's Not Dead and Unplanned. This, those were great. This blows that out of the water, the other two. Um, So, I realize the movie poster, if you've seen it, it might look a little bit scary, a little... A little like a horror film, but it's not. It's more like a psychological thriller, and uh, it is based on a book by the Blaze's very own Steve Dace. Uh, he wanted to write something kind of like the screw tape letter. So what you're going to see is a lot of dialogue, uh, an interview. I know these two have seen it. We went to the premiere. Oh, yeah. It's getting rave reviews by everyone except like some reporter who no one has heard of who was very disturbed that Glenn Beck actually makes a cameo in it. And that was scary to them. Uh, you really, really need to see it. It's not. It doesn't have gore. It's not like it just... 
it's a psychological thriller, but it also is spiritual. So any of your non-believer friends, I'm just going to, you probably should bring them along. They're going to love it too. And it might make them rethink some of their life choices. Mark the date. Get your tickets now at whoisnefarious.com. That is whoisnefarious.com. Equality Florida, this is a, an LGBTQIA semicolon plus apostrophe sign activist group, has issued a travel warning for the state of Florida in response to legislation that <gasps> prohibits experimental ch child sex changes and bans pornographic books from being on school library shelves. Oh no, they tweeted out breaking. Today we took the extraordinary step of issuing a travel advisory warning of the risk, warning of the risk posted posed to the health, safety, and freedom of those considering short or long-term travel or relocation to the state. Because, as we all know, if you utter, if you just, just whisper the word gay <laughs> in the state of Florida, you will be thrown in prison for the rest of your life. Executed, in fact. Yeah, thank you. DeSantis will sign the order. Apparently. Thank you. Yeah, He'll, do it. They, He'll, He'll do, do it. He'll do it himself. He <laughs> What kills he signs me the order and then he does it. What kills me about this is there are so many gay and trans people who are like, we don't want you grooming kids in schools. We don't want, right. you know, kids to be jacked up on hormones and puberty blockers and have their body parts. We don't want them dismembered. Mm -hmm. We don't want porn in schools, you know? I mean, most right-thinking people are totally on board with the parental rights in education law that DeSantis passed mm -hmm. um, across the country. It got rave reviews. Everybody was on board with it, except for a couple of freaks from Equality Florida <laughs> who are now like terrified, you know? I mean, we see, I see like travel warnings for like Mexico, like don't go to Mexico because the cartels are running the show and you could get shot by a cartel member. And this clown organization is like, don't travel to Florida. <laughs> Right. Imagine equating the two things. I mean, we just saw Americans yeah. butcher. I know. That's in what I'm saying. Like, I actually thought it was a joke. Yeah. But I it's think, not. look, I, I, I did think, too. <laughs> I think there's going to come a point now where gay people are going to go. I'm not just going to associate with these other people. There's going to be a divorce. They, with they've the got to do it because I don't know any anyone that I know that is gay. They are not down with this. No. Like, it's just ridiculous. And and you cannot. I mean, it's almost like we've been saying this. Treat people like individuals, <laughs> right? Don't treat them like blocks. Like, you know, don't, don't just shove everyone together. It's almost like identity politics dehumanizes people. Hmm. Isn't Weird. that funny? Hmm. Isn't that wacky? What a wacky concept. Hmm. My mind is blown. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing that's so crazy about the identity politics situation is it's not enough to identify as part of a group. The group has to identify you as part of it. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a, mm -hmm. it's a two way street. So if you point. don't. So if you're trans and if you're gay, but you're opposed to this stuff, then you're just as much of a bigot as anyone else. Yeah. Because the group will not identify you as part of itself. Yeah. Last word, Peterson. Uh, I mean, look, at the end of the day, it's like whatever crazy identity you're coming up with. And if you're scared to go to Florida, then I think Florida's probably like, you're too crazy for us to want you here. Right. And if Florida's saying that. I feel the same that. thing about And Texas. that's Florida yeah. man saying if, that. If, yeah. if, exactly. And if you, you don't want to go to Texas because you think these thoughts and you can't think these kinds of things and common sense rules are violence, then, you know, I think it's great. I Please give don't come. more warnings. I yeah, want to exactly. issue warnings every day. If, in Please fact, don't come here. Equality Florida. Okay, so we need to advocate for an Equality Texas who's going to go tweet out all of those things, yes. warning people not to travel. To, we're way too extreme. Please don't come here if you're from the left. We've got to take a break. We'll be right back. Well, but you guys have, here in Texas, you guys have crazy left.
God. <laughs> wow, I wish I would have gotten these reactions before we started. So the luxury lingerie brand, oh, Honey Burdett. Uh, by the way, not safe for children, this uh, story. So <laughs> bye-bye, kids. Uh, this uses the tagline, Honey Burdett uses the tagline, by women for women. Uh, they, it's just that they have this male, I'm sorry, I said male, it's non-binary. He's non-binary. Oh, oops, I said he. Well, it's a, it's a dude who clearly has a penis and no breasts, and he is their new model for their lingerie. So everything's going great, guys. What is that, like a 39A or something? Like a 45? <laughs> it's what hard kind, to, you know, we're talking that? about this with Dylan Mulvaney. Like, yeah. it's hard to know who you're marketing towards when he doesn't even fill out the cup. You know, it's amazing with this stuff, with this kind of like men in the lingerie. And I've been experiencing this too when you open up, like I recently opened up an article that was <laughs> telling me all about the latest bridesmaid dresses. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I'll look at dresses. And I opened it up and the models were, for the most part, shockingly unattractive. Yeah. Like really large. And I just was so stunned. Like, who are you advertising who are you, who are you advertising to? for? Look at the uh, Marsden Peterson frat house. We might drink claws, but we don't wear bras. <laughs> So you're welcome there anytime. Thanks, guys. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.